Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Uh, Andrew Bridgen, our very good friend, a Conservative Member of Parliament for North West Leicestershire. Andrew, good evening. Good evening, James. Good evening, Ash. Good evening. Cheer up, Andrew. Come on. This is great news. Oh, which bit of great news? Oh, God. In particular. Are you at home, are you at home with your wife now or not? Yes. Oh, good. Well, you should be far more happy, far more happy. Well, good news that we've developed a vaccine we're testing out and should be ready with uh, in the near future, and we're ahead of everybody else in the world. Well, we've got one of the best pharmaceutical industries in the world, number two in the world, and obviously our research labs are probably the best in the world, so that is a good combination. It's great news that we've heard today from Matt Hancock that the research by the Oxford Group and they're going to be testing uh, a potentially viable vaccine on volunteers on Thursday. Mm. Uh, I understand that they're compressing the manufacturing process, so they're in concurrent activity of testing and circumventing the normal um, timescales, um, which means we could have a viable vaccine by the autumn, and obviously if we could get that out to the vulnerable groups the sort of over 65s and uh, those with underlying medical conditions, first of mm. all, that would, um, that would be a great thing. And obviously a huge demand around the world for the vaccine, which we could, uh, could give to them. Um, so we should be happy, and you just sound a bit miserable. I'm just worried. You always say that, James. I mean, perhaps it's my... I know, I, know I worry about you, Andrew. ...concern. Well, I'm glad I someone... Think of you- as a friend, you know, I think of you as a mate, and I don't want to hear you upset. Well, well there's, um, there's a lot to worry about. I mean, as I always say to my constituents, you know, when they come to me with their problems, that, you know, I'll worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Now. I'll worry <laughs> about it for you. Um, uh, what else are you going to say? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the curve in, in hospital admissions is going right down now, isn't it? Well, it is at the moment. It's going right down because... You know, the British people have acknowledged the risk that we face. They've listened to the government's guidelines on social distancing and social isolation, and, and people are generally um, playing the game. Uh, mm. If we were to um, decide that we, with the risk was completely over and we can go back to normal, I don't doubt there would be a, a further spike in fortnight in uh, cases and deaths, unfortunately. So we're on the right track, but we're we haven't got the R zero, which is the uh, the R, which is the transmission rate of the virus down. You've got to get below one, which means then if you keep it below one for two weeks, uh, the virus is dying out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, while it's rampant around the rest of the world, um, if we're going to keep our borders open, we're going to get reinfected, aren't we? Yeah, come in again. You see, I don't understand why we've done that. I've got a text here from Alan in West Midlands. And he says, we're told to stay in our houses while they let people in on planes with no checks. Is that true? I mean, are we allowing people to come to this country uh, with no checks as to whether they have the virus or whether they have now or not, they could have it in the future? Why aren't we putting them in quarantine before they're allowed into this country? Well, one of the problems is that we, um, and one of the 
things that exacerbated the, uh, the, the, the virus risk to our country, probably more than any other country in the world, is that we have London. You may have noticed, James, we have London in, our, in, in, in the UK, which is... Mm. is most visited, I have noticed, uh, yeah. You've noticed this. The most yeah, visited city in the world uh, by foreign visitors. And, you know, we were absolutely laid open to, to a virus pandemic spread through us because, you know, it's the most popular city in the world to visit and we have people from all around the world coming there all the time. But not now we don't, do we? We're only having repatriating British people, isn't it? Yeah, well, apparently no. we've already got the virus here. Apparently when, when people are arriving from abroad, we, we're giving them the guidelines... Yeah. If they're showing any symptoms, that they are to self-isolate themselves. Yeah. Um, I, as we spoke um, a couple of weeks ago about the, the, the testing not necessarily being the, the magic bullet, everything. Um, you know, the days of, of quarantining everyone who comes into the country is probably mm. uh, that, that horse is bold. Mm. What about the remainings that have been brought in on a, on a plane to uh, to do the, the fruit picking? And the, I mean, we've got so many people who aren't working now. Why couldn't we find people, British people, that could do it? Well, I think there, there have been about 30... There have been people who have volunteered or, or offered mm. for their, their services. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Uh, Professor K.K. Cheng, director at the Institute of Applied Health Research at the University of Birmingham, enjoys us. Uh, professor, good evening to you. I was, uh, I was assured by another professor that wearing the face mask was pretty useless anyway. I don't agree with that. Actually, before I start, can I agree with the Deputy Chief Medical Officer that whatever we do, we mustn't jeopardise the supply of masks for our doctors and nurses? So those medical masks, you know, you've heard of these N95, FFP3. Well, we're not going to do that. Yeah, those we must be reserved for, for medical. Yeah, masks. obviously, but we're not. Yeah, that's not absolutely. going to be done. They're not going so, to be the same sort of masks the public want. Uh, um, interestingly, I think we should shift the focus of one's wearing masks from protecting oneself to actually protecting others. So mm. basically... The principle works like this. I wear a mask to protect you. You wear a yeah. mask to no, protect me. No, I know. Me. I agree. And, yeah. And, so. and if, if in that case, all we need is a cloth mask or a DIY mask if everyone yeah. wears it. Mm. Because if it doesn't work, yeah. why are we advising people to cover their mouth with tissue or flex elbow? <laughs> yeah, it's a simple mechanical yeah. mechanical rule. Yeah. It makes you wonder why they haven't done that already from the beginning. I mean, it's obvious it stops people droplets well, coming I've, out. I've said on, in a letter to the Lancet on the 3rd of March, quoting all the evidence, and by then there was already evidence that asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic individuals could be shedding viruses mm, yeah. when they speak. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, we've been saying this for several weeks. Thankfully, the, the, the US CDC and other countries have listened but, but at the moment, um, I think the, the WHO is considering this deposition while we speak. And I think Sage considered this question this morning. And the, the, the deliberation has been so handed in to, to the minister. So the minister would make an announcement to, of course, I hope mm. he would say that um, actually wearing masks in public would be a useful thing to do. Mm. But it's well, I, I think... 
I th- yeah. hang on. I think you just use a scarf, wrap a scarf round your face. But remember what you actually said, Professor. You're a, you are quite rightly protecting the other people. It won't do much for you finding it somewhere, uh, but it will help stop the spread. So if you're concerned and for some reason you go near somebody and you're not six foot away, wrap a scarf or something round your face. I think it's eminently sensible. And if everyone does that, it would serve the purpose as well. Actually, just imagine, ask your listeners to imagine this scenario. On the first day of commuting after we come out of lockdown, if you travel in a number 18 bus in London, which is legendary, very busy in the morning, at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, if all your fellow passengers wear a mask, would you feel A, threatened, B, annoyed, C, indifferent, D, reassured? Don't bother sending me a postcard. D. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But there's two types of masks, isn't there, uh, Professor? There's the mask but, you know, that the nurses you don't have. Need to, Ma- Ash, you well, don't need a mask. Haven't you got a, a scarf? You yeah, I mean, I don't, but yeah, I am. But, we... but there's two masks, right. isn't there? The one the NHS has a filter and actually does prevent the virus yeah. getting in. And that's the big, that's the, the they're opposite. Yeah. That, that has to be reserved for doctors and nurses. And the old yeah, age exactly. homes. I don't think the old age home people have had, they should have that as well, shouldn't they? Well, the, the, if they're nursing patients who are have well, who, who COVID, I think they need proper PPEs actually. Yeah. The, the nursing homes. Yeah. If they, because mm. yeah. they're basically nurses in a in a yeah. in an old age home. Well, they yeah, are, yeah, they're, they're, they're nurses. nurses. They're not wearing gloves. Nurses, they're not wearing. They they're not wearing gloves. They're not wearing masks in this one I know, and they, they haven't got well, it they, in the home. But they 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 do in quite a lot of homes a lot of the time. Uh, but what you're saying is, and what's quite right, they should be able to find them and wear them all the yeah, time. Yeah, they're not being treated the same as nurses and doctors. Well, I well, find the, that hard to believe. I'm, I'm the sure they are. lower in nursing homes than in ICU. It's yeah, well, yeah. But, but, but actually, if you're in a small room nursing an elderly patient who has got COVID, the exposure is quite high as yeah. well, actually. Yeah. I think. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I sympathise with of care workers. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Let us talk to our old friend, Mr Keith Arthur. Hello, Keith. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm very good, very good. Uh, who's the presenter of Tight Lines on Sky Sports. That sounds vaguely rude. <laughs> <laughs> but he was well, always a bit like that, wasn't he, Ash? Yeah, yeah, well, very suggestive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. So, what about this? What do you think? Well, it's a real difficult one, isn't it? Because the first thing is you've got to get to where you're going fishing. So, with um, journeys only being allowed for essential activities and angling not being classed as an essential activity, that makes it slightly different. It is very interesting, though, that uh, in Florida, fishing is classed as an essential activity and people are still doing it um it's a little bit different there as well because everywhere is is open all the fishing is free and you can just pitch up wherever you like and and go fishing here it's a bit different however if you could get some kind of agreement that the the fishing you did wasn't involving a long journey that you only went to a private water and that private water had to make sure you were 
a given distance apart, so therefore only allow so many people. I mean, I don't know a lake that has got pegs closer than an absolute minimum of six or seven metres, which is well outside, as, as, as you know, the social yeah. distancing requirements. So if, it, if they, they said, well, we can only put in every other peg, so only odd-numbered swims are in on those very closely pegged lakes, people would still be sort of 12, 15 metres apart, and, and yeah. on other lakes where there aren't designated numbers, you just make sure people are that far apart. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with people fishing from a beach, for example. Mm. Um, no, nor do I. And we had a call about that the mm. other night as well. A bit different on a pier, but, but a beach mm. is different. Um, you, you could even think, if you're um, all in the same household, even fishing from a boat isn't a problem. And, and, and some of the big charter boats, the, the problem would be with people getting in the cabin, of course. But once they're on yeah. the deck, you can easily be two metres apart on those. So, so there is a possibility there. But for, for general course fishing and fly fishing, see, on rivers at the moment, you can't go course fishing anyway because it's a close season. Yeah. So, but, you, but you can go trout fishing on rivers, and it's quite exclusive on rivers, so it isn't meant to have a pact. And, and on some of the, the really beautiful, intimate trout fisheries, they can easily manage it. So that there's not many people. They don't have many people there anyway, because, mm. you know, when you're paying upwards of 50 quid for a day's fishing, you, you, you wouldn't be very happy if there were people every five or six yards. So you, you get on these venues, and, and, and the people are very respectful, and they're very well distance and, and if you could arrange an online paying system or a contactless paying system providing the cafe isn't open and far, 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 far I, I honestly don't see a problem getting there with the essential journey situation these, these requirements for journeys only to be essential and preferably only I know in some places in Europe it's only one person in a car but very interestingly in Europe uh, some fish, some countries have kept their fishing open. Um, Germany, Denmark, uh, Ireland, the Netherlands, Czech Republic, Norway, for example, fishing is yeah. allowed in those countries. And, and I believe, as it is in Florida, that's purely on the basis of it being such a wonderful sport for people with mental health issues. But people live on it as well. I mean, some people will eat the fish they, they you know. Well, on, on certain places you can. On, on the trout fisheries, for example, you pay to catch a number of fish, which you then mm. have to take away. You're not allowed to put them back into the lake. They, yeah. they have to be taken away. Um, and sea fishing, of course, if you catch a fish that's edible and it's within the size limits and requirements, then you take it away and eat it. On carp fisheries and, and, and mm. bream fishing and places, it, it's obviously all catch and release, and it's catch and release by law or catch and mm. release at the owner's request. So you, you, you can understand that, but, it, but it's people with PTSD have had fantastic yeah. results through being fishing. You, you know, well, it, it's, it's, it's something you do in solitary confinement. You, know, you go fishing, and, and we all, how, how good is fresh air for you? It's not bad, is yeah, it? I, uh, yeah, I agree. I just don't like killing things. No, you, you, you know, you certainly don't have to kill them. I mean, most fish, if, if you don't want to kill trout, you don't go to a, a lake where... Killing trout is the law, mm. or the rules. It's not the law, but it, it, it's it's the rules. And they're all taken home to it. The so. James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. I put a few other photographs up today. I took one of me in the hot tub, sort of half naked, and I decided that wouldn't be a good one to put out. No, I don't think that would make people feel better. 
Don't they know who you are? Well, do you say that? Because you do when I'm with you. Nobody knows who I am. You say that when I'm out with you. I've never done that before. never works, though. They always go nuts. So we should be happy, and you just sound a bit miserable. I'm just worried. You always say it, James. I mean, perhaps it's my... I know, I, know. I worry people. about you, Andrew. What about the BCG well, um, jab? There's a bit of talk about, you know, it gives your immune system a kick, so it's yeah. sort of ready and raring to go, a bit like slapping a boxer in the corner. I got into this, not because I wanted to be famous, because I enjoyed doing the job. I, I got into this me. because I just wanted to be famous in yeah, any way. This is Talk Radio, the nation's friend, and if you want to join us, I just made that up. Call us on 0344 God, imagine if there was no money, what would we do? We'll swap chickens and that, you know, I'll swap my chicken for your goat. Yeah, we've got any know, chickens, but Your no hat for uh, my uh, pants and stuff like that. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.